Hello folks, welcome back. I'm your host Simon Water. This is a High Performance Human Triathlon Podcast where I can promise you'll always hear a Yorkshire accent and we'll never have any adverts. We chat with guests about peak performance, fitness, health, nutrition, recovery, longevity, relationships and happiness because it doesn't matter whether you want to finish your first sprint triathlon, set a personal best at your next race or just keep turning up until you're in your 70s. Each of these elements has huge significance. One way to keep turning up is to do regular movement practice. I talk about this a lot, but I know that many of you still have difficulty getting integrated into your daily routine. To try and help, I've put together a series of stretching movements in a single page PDF document, along with video links, which you can download for free. If you'd like to get hold of a copy, please look for the very obvious link in the show notes below. As we close in on the final Outlaw Triathlon event of the year, Outlaw X, I wanted to chat with two gents, Graham Yar and Gary Gocher, who were known in outlaw triathlon circles as the last men standing. They have finished every single outlaw event that we have presented, which currently totals 32. And what started out in 2010 as just one full outlaw event has grown into what's currently four half outlaws and the full. In 2023, Woburn has been added to the calendar so that makes six events in five months and as Graham and Gary aren't getting any younger this presents other challenges apart from just racing. So without further ado let's get chatting with the last men standing. Well welcome to the show Mr Graham yeah Mr Gary Gocher otherwise known in outlaw circles as the last men standing and that will be revealed in just a moment so firstly thank you thank you for joining me. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. So hopefully as listeners get a chance to uh, spend a few minutes listening to this one, we'll be approaching the final event of the season, Outlaw X. We're actually recording this a few days before Outlaw Bowwood Hall. So um, how many how many will this mark now when you two guys step onto the start line? It's 30, I, don't know. I think we've done 31, Gary, something like that altogether. 31. Wow. So one should be 32 and X should be 33. There or thereabouts. Yeah. You see, that's well, a serious triathlete who's, who's counting everything. <laughs> oh, well, we'll get into that later about, about, about being serious. Um, so was it, it was 2010, wasn't it? The very first outlaw event. Was that's it, right. was it the half? Yeah, that's right. No, full. Started with a full in 2010. You see, I've forgotten. I know I was there at that one because Kyle and I were the only commentators and we still had to do, we still had to be there until 11 o'clock and uh, none of us had done an event of that length before and we didn't know how to pace ourselves and we were struggling to actually speak any words at the end, which you might find quite hard to um, to, to get you, to get your head around. But yeah. Um, so what, what did you, did, did you two know each other at all before Outlaw events started? No, no, I think the first time we probably um, got to know each other a little bit was when uh, they got in touch with us about the fifth year of the full and yeah. um, got us together after, yeah, for the fifth year. Uh, they got the survivors of the um, the six or seven of us at that point um, together. So that was the six or seven that had done all the outlaw events at that point because there was... No, no just, just the outlaw full. At that okay. Time, just the full. Okay, because there's still quite a few people that have done all the outlaw falls, isn't there? I think, did they not get you all together at the finish line in the most recent one? 
Uh, yes, the day before. Um, so there's still six of us that have done the full, um, but all the halves is just me and Gary, and then there's like David who just missed one or two. Okay, so who else has done the full? I know Nigel Swepson, he's done, uh, he's done them all. Yeah, uh, Eugene Grant. Eugene, and Eugene's Eugene was one of the early winners as well, wasn't he? Yeah, that's right. Uh, I forgot the other lad. David. Oh, yeah, David Man and Lauren. Okay. Um, oh, you two are going to be in trouble if you can't remember this. There was a photograph done of you, wasn't there? <laughs> there was, and one of the guys I've only met like once or twice, and I can't remember his name. Mm. Oh, I'm, and I'm terrible There's with all that. All did. We have, we have so many facts that Ian and Helen give us before every race. It's difficult to uh, to remember them all. So you, you knew each other a bit when you did the outlaw. Then was that was that your Gary? Was that your first long distance event then, or had you been um, had you been in the long distance uh, arena for a while? Yeah, I've been. That was probably about my sixth or seventh around about that time. Yeah, so I'd done a few. I'd done um, things like the longest day and. All um, oh, right, I did. Yeah, I did that over in uh, over in the Midlands. That's right, and the big woody down south somewhere in Wales. And then I've done a few of the uh, um, dot races, um, Europe, and did one in New Zealand as well. But they were all prior to the Outlaw. We we call those Outlaw distance events, don't we? In the Outlaw, don't we? In the outlaw and and how about you, Graham? Um, my very first long distance was the year before in 2009. I did the first Bolton race and then um, I did Bolton again the second year, which was a week before first outlaw. Mm-hmm. Um, so doubled up a week apart. And so, yeah, I'd, I'd hardly done any by the time the outlaw event started. Mm. And have you ever, I mean, you've been doing, obviously you've been doing these now since 2010. Um, when did we introduce the outlaw half then? Do you remember that? 2013, I think it was. Okay. And then uh, after then that, passed. what would have come after that then? Holcomb? Holcomb. Yeah. Holcomb, was Holcomb in 2016. Uh, and then X was 2019. Okay. And, and then, then Bowood was last year. Bowood was last year. And now we've got Woburn as well. Does it, you know when he when Ian adds a new one now because you know you guys are still going well for your age but you are aging like the rest of us. Does your heart sink a little bit when Ian announces his plans for uh, for another race? I mean, the first thing I do is look at look at the distance between the races. Providing yeah. the few weeks, then it's not too bad. Yeah, but he's slotted. He, he, he slotted Woburn right in there, isn't he? So it's quite a busy period that first um, that first few weeks, isn't it? Because you've got. Uh, um, you've got outlaw half, and you normally had five weeks. Now Woburn's going to be in there, so that doesn't give me much time. And then you on, so you've got three then within the space of about six weeks, and then three weeks later you've got the full. Yeah, yeah, and then you've got a little bit of a recovery a month before X and uh, well Bowood and X. Um, and what about the travelling? Where did where are you based, Gary? I'm, I'm pretty fortunate because I'm only 20 miles from home Pierpont, 25 miles from Thorsby. So, that, so the Nottingham ones are on my doorstep. Yep. Okay. It's a bit further afield though, isn't it? So putting a bit, putting a few miles on the car and rack, racking up the petrol expenses to get to Holcombe and down to Bowwood. That's right. Yeah. What about you? What about you, Graham? I live in Nairsborough, near Harrogate, up in North Yorkshire. So everything's a... a a bit of a distance, 
Um, so normally most of the race is still over at least the night before, if not the couple of nights before. Yeah. Um, and make a weekend of it most of the time. Oh, well, you, you're not far from me then. I'm over at um, just, just near the airport in Leeds. So you and I have got similar journeys to all of mm. these races. Yeah. Um, I've yeah, really, like I, half an hour in it, isn't it? Well, I used to live in Spofforth. So uh, Nairsborough was an old riding uh, area of mine. I've been around there a few times because we've been riding that little greenway that goes across to Ripley. Um, yeah, there's a there's a few gravel rides that take that in. Uh, I don't know if you've been on them, the Buzzard and the Kestrel. Um, so, 33 races. Are you the sort of guys that you, you Graham, you were just saying that, that that's a serious triathlete that keeps count. So, uh, Gary, I'll ask you first. Are you serious enough to compare your times over the years or, or aren't you bothered anymore? Or, or have, have you never oh, been still- bothered? I mean, this year I've just posted my second fastest bike split, five uh, eleven. So I'm still getting quicker on the bike. Um, yeah. The run's starting to slow off, mm-hmm. but uh, now I'm still trying to uh, uh, put as much effort in as I did on the first one. What what um what what was your time on the original Outlaw Full in 2010? Can you remember? Probably I think eleven fifteen. Yeah, and, and what and this what year was, it? was eleven forty-eight, I think. But I had a oh. terrible run this year. Yeah, I remember seeing you. But we were also we were also all amazed about how quickly you got back in on the bike. So, do you think you gave a bit too much to the bike this year? No, no, no. In fact, if I'm honest, the bike leg this year was easy. It was one of the easiest ones. That um, yeah, for whatever reason, that just came together. Um, mm-hmm. But that's what I found over the years. I mean, my, my fastest time was about four years ago, and that was 10.40, and that was a breeze. The whole race was a breeze, but if I could um, sort of capture whatever went right that day, I'd, um, uh, yeah, I'd be a rich man. Well, so I think every... I think race out of all of them. I think every pro triathlete always says the same, you know. I, I remember listening to Simon Lessing that said, out of all of his world championships that he won and all of the races he won, he said he probably only ever had four or five races that actually went, like a breeze the rest of them would have struggled he just struggled a bit better a bit, a bit quicker than everybody else how, how about you graham are you a, are you a comparer of times across the years yes but uh, for different reasons i'm nowhere near as quick as gary um so my best time was the very first one um i did 11 57 um i've had a couple in the 12 hours a couple in the 13 a couple in the 14 this year was 15 20, I think it was, but it wasn't my slowest outlaw. I've done a uh, one at 15.45, so I've a real spread of of times um, for, for different reasons um, in some cases. Mm. Um, this year, I crashed on the bike six miles in, just going into uh, Radcliffe-on-Trent, um, just a tiny bit too fast on a, on a bend that I've done, what, 20 times now, and um, the bike just went from under me, and that was it. Um, I was in agony for the rest of the day which meant i ended up getting my slowest bike not quite my slowest run um but i only ran the first two miles of the run and then walked um walked the rest of it um other years it's been like 2013 it was the heat that killed me um i don't do well in heat at all um so the run was very very slow um that year um so, so yeah, I've had, a, I've had a real spread of times. I keep I record the times to see, and then gives me something to aim for. But um, I just, in most cases, don't do enough training for it. So let's going on to that accident. Then, if it weren't for the streak 
would you have given up there or is that not in your personality anyway to give up if you were you know hurting and in pain i'd well i was only like i said about six miles into the bike um so i still had a long way to go managed to get some paracetamol off a very nice lady at the feed station at the top of oxton bank um which took the edge off a little bit but um no unless i couldn't finish there was no way i was gonna uh, stop so i came in oh, i think it was, i think it was something ridiculous like seven hours 20 or something on the bike hmm. um i knew i had a, a, a huge amount of time to do the running so i just after doing i set off on the run i warned my wife where i'd crashed banged my hip my knee my elbow um and just wondered it was going to be a long day because she then looks after she obviously looks around after the kids um for the rest of the day so i just wandered there it's going to be a long long run um but i had plenty of time i could walk mm. and i could walk fairly fast i was doing about four miles an hour um but there was no reason to stop so i just kept on going and even if i wasn't on the street there was no reason to stop have, have you ever had um any of the other races where you've you've thought oh, i could just quit now or you've been suffering uh, so badly that it might become a possibility not on the outlaw races. I have on, um, there's been ultra marathons where I've been in pain um, and just didn't see the point in continuing and just stopped 30 miles into a 100 miler or in the 2020 spine attempt, I got to Gargrave. So about 78 miles into a 268 mile race and stopped at Gargrave because my feet were in bits. It was agony. It was like walking on nails. I knew there was no way I was going to do another 190 odd miles. Um, so called it a day then. So if I have to call it a day, I can't, I, I can do it. Do you know what? You don't lose anything out by it. Um, but if, if I can continue and it just means it's going to be a long day, then I'll continue. Hmm. How about you, Gary? Ever, That's ever been big... with, with me. I remember on the big woody, I came off and, um, um, quite badly injured myself on the bike just before the halfway point. And it was very tempting to, uh, as I went past, to finish at the halfway point. But mm-hmm. it just burnt me up and just made me more angry and gave me the adrenaline and actually ended up winning that particular uh, race. It was just, um, I wasn't able to run that. It was um, a swim bike. Um, so, yeah, covered in blood, but, yeah, continued on. Mm-hmm. But I think that's one of the things about, you know, a lot of us with the, the triathlon, you know, we enter it with the intention of finishing it. Yeah. The placing is irrelevant. To a certain degree, it's a competition against yourself. And the main thing is, is you say, the first thing is to try and get to the start line. If you get there uninjured and not ill, you're doing well. Um, uh, and then, yeah, get to the end. Do you, do you think that that particular sort of theory about getting to the start line has become more relevant to you as you've got older? And, you know, we can maybe talk about that. The things that you've noticed about trying to keep going as you get older, you you mentioned, Gary, about that the run seems to be getting harder. Do you, do you find that you have a few more aches and pains and niggles than you used to? Uh, niggles, I'm not so bad. I think I've learned over the years now to uh, look after myself better injury-wise. I don't want to tempt fate there. But I have mm-hmm. had a couple of illnesses recently. I, I raced Holcomb. Uh, just coming back from a chest infection. And if you'd have asked me on the morning what position I was going to come, I'd have said last, uh, because that was my intention, was to go slow. But for some reason, on again, on the bike, my lungs started to work, and I ended up getting a, a podium place. So, mm-hmm. again, just just altering the, the game plan as the as the day moves on. Mm. Um, um, okay. well, I'll come back to that in a moment, Gary, because you, you're an osteopath, right? 
or a physio? Chiropractor. Okay. Graham, what about you? Have you have you noticed that things just get a little bit harder in preparing for a race as as you've got older? Yes and no. Um I know I can get through. So it's very rare I ever go swimming anymore. I'll just do the swimming in the races. Um because if I try it, the, the few years where I have been swimming regularly um to train for either the half or the full. It's made five minutes difference on a half, 10 minute difference on a full. It's mm-hmm. just not worth the time and effort for me. Um, the bigger difference comes in the run in particular, or if I actually trained on the bike, I'd get a bigger difference there. Um, so it, it's the, the difficulty I've found is just balancing the training with everything else in life. So it's not so much the, the injuries and illnesses, although like Gary, I've had a few um, this year. It's more finding the time and finding the motivation um to do the training that needs to be done um and that's why I, that's why i end up suffering more than normal mm. uh, is because i don't this year i've ridden about 650 miles in total the whole year mm. uh, and 225 of that's been in the outlaw races so um that's one of the reasons i'm getting slower well if ian keeps putting more outlaw races in you won't need to do any training in between will you You'll just be recovering and racing yeah. That's it. You just bound from one to the other. That's why well, the May, June, July next year should be quite good. Well, we've been going twelve years now. So, um, how, how's your life changed? I know yours has changed a bit, hasn't it, Gary? Because you were in the police when you first started, and obviously now you're not doing that. So, I'd be, I'd be interested to know how your lives have actually changed outside of triathlon during that period, and how that's impacted on your ability to train for events. Gary, you go. Uh, first. Yeah, I mean, from my, yeah, from my perspective, I mean, yeah, in 2010, I was relatively senior. Uh, detective for the Derbyshire Police, uh, long hours, and at the same time studying to be the chiropractor. So I was away on courses, uh, weekends and sometimes weeks away, and training for the races. So that was a very, very busy time to get all the training done. But then I retired in 2013 and started the my chiropractic business. And that started uh, relatively quietly, as it would do when you, when you start a mm-hmm. up. Um, and then I seem to have quite a bit of time to do, but um, now time is, is busier than it was, or it just seems a lot busier than it was when I was in the police, because the chiropractic business is, is thriving very nicely. Um, but I've also got um, a small holding. My daughter's an international uh, dressage rider, so we've got all the fields and horses and everything that goes with that maintenance of the land to do. So it's actually getting more of a struggle now with the external you know, stuff external to the training. Mm. Um, one thing I do find that helps me is having a coach, without a doubt. Over the years, I've had a few. In fact, I, I used you, Simon, I think probably 2012, 2013 was one of the training plans because at least then you've got something, yep. some kind of structure uh, to, to, and again, some motivation and some accountability as you're going along. Mm. But that's how I sort of uh, manage it. Uh, Graham, how about you? How's your life changed? Uh, yeah, uh, similar to Gary in a number of ways. I started in 2010. Um, I was in the army. Um, I left the army for a few years in 2012 and went back to um, teaching um, to be a maths teacher and a head of maths department. And that was, that was, so 2012 to 2015 was very, very, very busy, um, which didn't leave a huge amount of time um, for training. Um, certainly during the, the the school terms, um, but then rejoined the army back in 2015. And although there's times when when life is busy with work, um, it's 
it's other things as well. So we've had two two um, two more young children. We had two already. We've ended up with another two. Um, I'm studying for a PhD at the moment as well. Um, so there's just it's a whole host of things that that are competing for the time, and it's that it's trying to find that balance. Mm. Um, so yeah, busier now. Whether to change it? No. Um, I like being busy. I like all the different calls on my time, whether that's doing the events, doing the training, whether it's a study and run around after kids or escaping from one of those things by doing something else. It it just, I think it it's tiring, but it also um, keeps things interesting. Mm. Well, um, Gary, you mentioned about uh, what's become harder with the, the training and the racing is the recovery as they keep adding more events on. What, what, are your strategies for recovering and maybe some tips that you can give to other people because um that are in the outlaw family we, we often see people saying oh i'm doing outlaw full and holcomb how do i recover from these events or how do i get over doing um outlaw bowwood for instance and then recover in in three weeks to do outlaw x so what are your favorite tips favorite tips for me is if you've got a coach you listen to the coach <laughs> yeah, and don't I like that be one. worried about having rest. Rest is just as important. Yeah, rest is as important, if not more important than the training sometimes. I mean, what I say to all my clients is listen to your body um, with everything. And, you know, if you if you don't feel up to a training session, if you don't feel like pushing it that day, then stuff the training session. Leave it until the following day or even the following week. But uh, no, the, the first thing is listen, listen to, to what's happening on your body. Uh, because, again, it's a marathon, not a sprint, as they say. You know, we, we, we want to be going for the, the long term, not the short term. And again, that's what I see very often within my business is that people get into the 30s and 40s and life takes over the, and the first minor injury they get puts them off the sport. Mm. Um, what I try and do is encourage everybody to, okay, let's, let's if you've got a, a lower limb injury, let's say from running, Okay, concentrate on the swimming, concentrate on doing some uh, strength work, concentrate on the bike. That's the, that's one of the things now, with triathlon is very often you might be injured for one of the sports, but you can mm-hmm. still carry on training with the others. Um, so look at the opportunities rather than, um, um, you know, letting it grind you down because you can't do what you actually wanted to do in the first place. Mm. Yeah, good advice. I, I, I do like that. Listen to your body. Um, rest is just important. I think sometimes that people, it seems like they're scared of rest and uh, they, they feel like if they step off that treadmill for one moment, it'll all come falling down. But then how, how often do you hear people saying, well, I've had a week off and I can't believe it. I was performing better than ever. Why would that be? You know, it's like we've just had a bit of rest. Yeah. So listen to one of podcasts earlier this year. And, you know, I think what a lot of people do nowadays, within your week, you might have a must do this session. And then what people tend to do is they just do that one session. So it might be a hard session, might be a fast session. What they forget to do is the slow stuff at the, at the other end. And for me, the slow stuff, do lots and lots of the slow stuff and the hard stuff, keep that limited. Rather than just concentrating on speed work, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You need that foundation. And winter training is ideal for that. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. How, how about you, Graham? Um, if still talking about the the races and racing so um, close together, for me it's it's all about adjusting your goals. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't be doing Holcomb three weeks before full, trying to get a PB at Holcomb and a PB at the full. I'd be using 
if if my main race was going to be the full, then I'd be using Holcomb as a as a training race, um, a training event just to adjust. So I wouldn't be putting the same intensity in as if I only had Holcomb um, there. And it would be the same for doing um, Bowood and the X three weeks apart. Next year, they're only two weeks apart. Um, and so it's it's going in knowing, giving yourself the opportunity to do as well as you can on the day, but with the back of your mind, you've got that uh, next race is there. It's not too far away. At least when the full's over, we know we've got a good four, five, six weeks before the next race. Um, but some of the races are quite close together, so it is. It's just bearing that in mind. Yeah, we're talking of the dates for next year. I mean, for those of you listening, um, entries are out now. So I'd recommend if you want to run alongside Gary or Graham, and or welcome them to the finish line. You know, get your entries in quick because we expect it to be a bit more, a bit, a bit more, um, a bit more congested next year. Um, bit more uptake but now that you know the dates for next year's race do you plan your summer around the um around the events so you can make sure you get there do you sort of you know your other half says oh look i've got this great holiday we should be going here it's like no sorry outlaw whatever's on michelle's been well aware since the very early years um that the outlaw events are pretty much the first things in my calendar then we do other things, so I've got other races I do certainly over the, the autumn winter um, around that. Then I'm a, a big football fan, so I'm a Celtic uh, season ticker holder. So those dates go in the diary as well. Um, it's had a few things I've ended up missing a, a really good friend's wedding, uh, my cousin's wedding for the full race a couple of years ago, um, and and there's been other things we've missed as a family. But we make we make certainly the, the half in Nottingham and the full. Um, like family weekends out of it as well. So we end up with a bit of give and take, but Michelle's quite aware that the outlaw events are the first things in Derry. And the good thing is we know them so far in advance. Mm-hmm. How about you, Gary? What does your summer, what does your well, summer look like? Well, well, for me, summer's written off because of the land. So we, we, we don't plan a lot uh, holiday-wise. We, we, we wouldn't be able to go away. Uh, the main issue for us is my daughter's success in the dressage. Mm-hmm. So that then takes my wife, Jackie, to uh, to you know rejigging uh, the calendar to see which event she can support who at. Uh, so, for example, this year one of the uh, dressage competitions was on the outlaw weekend, so she couldn't come to that one. So it's just trying then who's going to look after the horses at home, who's going to look after the dogs. Mm-hmm. So it's those sorts of things that cause us the problems, rather than uh, I say it's it's, I say it's the animals and the the horses rather than anything else. Well, well, that's an interesting point you both just made there about family attending because after after 12 or 13 years, well, 13 it will be next year, it would be entirely natural for your other halves or your children to say, oh, Dad, do we have to come and watch this again? You know, we've been for the last seven years. But but they do, you, you're, Graham, you're saying your wife, does she come to every event? No, um, she comes, they come every year to the full. Uh, they've been to the majority of the Nottingham halves. They've missed one or two because although it's the first things that go into my calendar, um, the kids do lots of dancing and lots of dance competitions. So she's missed a couple of the the May halves because the, the kids have been dancing. So she's gone with them and I've gone on my own. Um, the other races, they've been to one of the Holcomb and one of X. But otherwise, I tend to go myself uh, just because otherwise it's, it's too much to go away camping as often as that with um, the young kids as well as the older kids. Um, but when they do come, they do get involved. So this year, 
my um, six-year-old son ran his first race at the the Future Outlaw on the Saturday, and I was amazed because it was his first race. I was amazed he ran the whole 1.2 miles without even stopping because I wasn't expecting. I was expecting lots of stopping, um, and he was chuffed a bit that he got round. So the good thing is you can, you, if they do come, there's things for them to get involved in as well. Yeah, I, I do like Holcomb. I would have thought that would be a great family event because it's a lovely place to go, isn't it? And I don't think I've been to Holcomb when Such. we've had anything other than bad weather, uh, good weather. Sorry. Well, uh, yeah, it's, it's always really sunny, but it's such a painful journey to get there and back mm. from here. Um, that, yeah. After the first year, she said never again, just because of how long it took to get there and back. Yeah, I feel your pain on that one. It's, your your journey is probably exactly the same as mine. Yeah, exactly. Um. Okay, well. So we know that you plan your summers around that. What what other events do you fit into your summers? Or by the sounds of it, you probably don't have much time to do anything else other than outlaw events, do you? I've done a few uh, 70.3s. Uh, New York 17.3. I've done the Italy uh, full. Uh, managed to get to South Africa a couple of years ago for the World Championships. Mm-hmm. So I'll do the odd one or two. But again... I think for me, over that period, the outlaw on their own are pretty sufficient. Mm. Have you ever been tempted to go for that big, that um, big outlaw event in Hawaii every year? Yeah, but when my time, I was hoping to do ten fifteen, I didn't get it. But uh, the winning time was nine fifty. It was like I'm not at that league yet. So no. perhaps if I'm stumbling, I've mean, hit sixty this year. Perhaps when I hit seventy, it might be a, a possibility. Well, you've, you've been pretty good at being a last man standing so far. So uh, it just, just sounds like sounds like a piece of cake another 10 years, but that's another lot of triathlons under the uh, under the feet, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And uh, I say it is, yeah, you, you do feel it more. Um, but I say with, with just with experience and looking after yourself, it's doable. And I mm-hmm. think that's the thing for people uh, as well is, you know, the nice thing about this, these, these events is that you can get better over the years. There's no reason why not. Mm. And I think for a lot of people, if, they, if, if they're even just contemplating doing one, as Graham said earlier, you know, you, there's, there's plenty of time. You know, two hours for the bike, oh, sorry, two hours for the swim, I don't know how long for the bike, but then, you know, 17 hours in total. With some proper training, you, it's doable for most people. Mm. Um, so, and, and again, that's one of the nice things about the outlaw as well is that, you know, the person who crosses the line last will probably get more applause than the person who crosses the line first. Uh, and, and again, I mean, imagine Graham is the same as me. When, when we're running past people who are, you know, some of the slow ones, you always give them the encouragement, you know, and it's, it's good to see, you know, the, the take up on the sport uh, mm. for, for, for different people. Mm. Have you, on that note, Gary, there about... Um... You feel it more. If you know, you know, we're talking about things that you've noticed more over the years. Do you do you feel it more the next day than you used to ten years ago? If I'm honest, no. I think it, it's hard to describe. Really, uh, I think it's possibly because I know what to expect. That mm-hmm. when I get it, it's like, oh yeah, I just feel like that again. Um, the fatigue, I think, probably you know, the Wednesday, Thursday, I might feel up to doing something, but. Uh, I knew I know that if I were to try it, uh, there'd be nothing in the in the uh, in the engine. So uh, now, as I say, I think it's, you just get more used to it, and therefore you don't feel it quite as much. Shall we say? Mm-hmm. Uh, Graham, what about you? Any 
Uh, you mentioned the ultra running events. Are they still on your calendar or is it is, is Outlaw enough for you now? Oh, no, they're definitely still on the calendar. I've got another another attempt at the Spine Race in January. Um, I've got a place in UTMB next year. Oh, wow. Um, because I'm deferred from um, from last summer, so I'll definitely be taking that up next year. Um, I'm I'm more of a marathon and ultramarathon runner than a triathlete um, on the whole. Um and so up until the last couple of years where I've scaled down the number of events that I do, um, I was very much focused on, I mean, some years I'd get 15, 17 marathons in or ultra marathons in, mm-hmm. in a year and then fit the outdoor events around those. Um, so even in the summer, sometimes I was doing a, a trail marathon a week after the outlaw. Um, and it, the good because the, the triathlons don't take out your body in the same way as a road race would, as a road half marathon or a road full marathon. So I tend to feel not too bad the next day. You're not running at the same intensity with the same impact as you would do if it was a standalone uh, road event. And and so I generally feel like Gary, there's there's some fatigue there for a few days, but you don't get the same soreness in the muscles. Mm. Um, and because running's the thing I do a lot of. Um, I tend to be okay within a few days of, a, of any most events, apart from the, the really long stuff. That's what takes it out to me. So they've just had UTMB. So that, that means yes, it's sort of late late August. So that would make Bowwood a challenge next year, wouldn't it, if you've uh, just, just done a race around the Alps? Yeah. Um, the UTMB next year is a week later than this, which means with Bowwood moving to a week later, I'll do UTMB, and then the week later we'll be at Bowwood which will be fun, um, to say the least, um, just because of the amount of uh, ascent that's in UTMB. It's got like 10,000 metres of climbing on it. Um, so that might have a, a big impact on Bullwood. But as Gary's mentioned, the timings for the full, the timings for the half are obviously fairly generous if you're up to a, a if you're fairly fit. Um, so sh- I won't go for a PB at Bullwood next year, but I'll be certainly aiming to get round. Yeah, it's. Um, I've done a little bit of running in the Alps, not not as much as that, but it's always the downhills that get me, not the others. So ten thousand meters of ascent also means ten thousand meters of descent, doesn't it? That's uh, that's a lot of hammer on the joints. Running coach isn't impressed that I'm still planning on doing all the outlaw events next year. Um, she's not. Yeah, she'd rather because she is a running coach. Um, she'd rather I ditch them all next year and focus on UTMB, but. That's definitely not going to happen. It's going to be fitting UTMB training around the mm. outlaw events. So we talked at the beginning about uh, that reunion after five years with the people who were still um, doing all the fulls. For quite a while, we had five or six people that had done all the outlaw events, didn't we? And then it suddenly seemed to drop down to you, you two, and Dave Manning Oren. And then during COVID, it uh, Dave wasn't able to come because of family illness. Um, which was very noble of him to pull out because a lot of people might have thought, oh, I know, I can, I can sort of sidestep that and keep the street going. But um, we all understand why Dave did it and we all give him a sort of kudos for making that decision. But who can you remember who the other people were who were still in the, the, the sort of the all of the outlaw? The only ones I'm aware of are me, Gary and David. Okay. Um, I, yeah, because when Helen got in touch, it was, I'm sure, unless Gary knows, I'm sure it was just the three of us. That okay. okay. The first few years of the house as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying it was, it was great. My memories are safe. Uh, I can't remember anything more than that. Okay. So Dave dropped out, so that left the two of you. You kept going. 
Um, if it, but if it weren't for the motivation of this streak, I mean, would you still keep going to the Outlaw events every year or would it, would it sort of be an opportunity for you to step away a little bit and give yourself a bit more space between races, do you think? For me, um, yes, I would st- certainly continue to do the Nottingham ones, the uh, half, the Thorsby, uh, probably even Holcomb. Um, at this moment in time, that it does fit my calendar, it does fit my training routine anyway. So it, mm. I think that if I could, I would still continue to do them, even if it wasn't for the streak, because it's a nice, they're, they're good events. You know what I mean? I can't think of any other event that I would rather do. And for me, particularly the half distance is the one that I can really enjoy. Um, so, yeah, I think I would continue to do them anyway. How about you, Graham? Yeah, I think I would. If I started bringing in new events and I happened to miss one of them for whatever reason, I think I'd still try and carry on doing as many as I could. Um, I wouldn't just suddenly go, right, that's it, the streak's over, so I'm going to stop. Um, like Gary, they fit from May to September, we can work around the, the dates of them all. We know because it's outlawed that they aren't going to have two on the same weekend, so that's not going to be a problem. Um, and they are the well-run events. The the half because there's only the one full. I think that makes life that little bit easier of trying to do them. Um, if there was multiple fulls as well as the halves, then that would probably take out a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I mean, and they're all in nice places as well. Um, some of the bike rides, some of the runs are a bit bit more challenging. Ball would run this weekend, um, particularly, um, but. That just adds to the variety of it rather than running around the lake at home. Point. Hmm. That's not the most exciting run in the world, is it? <laughs> yeah, but I just count the markers, the 250-metre markers, count them yeah. down because it just make, makes the time pass out a little bit quicker. That's exactly the same with me, Graham, just looking at those each side of the lake. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Because <laughs> I mean, it's effectively your next lamppost to run to if you're running out, out on a street. Yeah, yeah. Well, you must have run a few miles around home Pierpont now, both of you. Uh, yeah, I'd, more than I'd read to dot them up. However, I mean, that's got to be infinitely better than being a rower or a kayaker just going up and down that lake into that wind because that never changes for them, does it? Getting wet, getting windy, up to one end of the lake, then they've got to paddle back down and start again. Um, so there's very little change in scenery. At least you can... At least you guys get to race out by the uh, river as well, don't you? Around through the water sports venue now. Yeah, very often there's another, there are other events happening as well around there. This this year, in, in the past, I think it's been dragon boat racing. So again, when you're running along, there's something to watch out there. And uh, and again, it's quite nice when you've got the crowds there for that event, but they'll turn around and give you the applause as you're along on your event. It's uh, mm. it's quite inclusive. Will you, when the streak actually ends, you know, however it ends, will you be sad or will you be relieved? It's a both, I think. You know, it will be sad for it to come to an end. Um, I mean, you could say, again, it, I don't know how Graham feels, but it, it's nice going along to these events and complete strangers will come and talk to you. You know, I mean, when I finished this year, um, members of the crew shouted me across to go and eat at their table. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's lovely to be included as, as part of the Outlaw family. Um, but yes, a little bit of relief, I think, if uh, you know, uh, didn't have to travel quite as often and quite as far for some of them. Um, but we're not talking about that yet. We are no. going to continue. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure Graham will continue for as long as I will continue. 
So uh, yeah, we're not thinking like that yet. What? But what, uh, oh, I I thought it had happened to me this year at Holcomb um, on the bike ride. I think I was about twenty five miles in, got a puncture, first puncture I've had for years. And each of my um, or two out of the three inner tubes I put on, um, I'd, as well at the same time. So I was doing to my last one. Eventually got that sorted. Um, and got 5k up the road before that one went. Wow. All brand, all new inner tubes, but I'd had them a little while. They'd obviously never been used, but they just, I think they just deteriorated because I'd had them a while. And so I ended up walking another 2k and waiting for the mechanics uh, van to catch us up to be able to give me a, a, a good inner tube that I'd work. But at one point, I really did think of all the crappy ways for, for this street to end was going to be through bloody punctures on my bike. Um, but they, they got me sorted. It took me the best part of an hour longer than it should have done just because of the, the time trying to fix them and then um, and get the final replacement and walking in between. Um, and so I was just relieved to get back and then took longer on the run than I should have done because, you know, what the, the, t- the time I was aiming for had gone out the window. So I just decided to, to walk all the hills at Holcomb rather than run them. And then to find Gary and David cheering and jeering me across the finish line was quite funny as well because I think Gary was maybe hoping that I didn't get finished both David and I were, 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 were looking for you uh, we knew you'd do it yeah it took me it took me over an hour longer than uh, than my worst Holcomb time and it was all to do with the, the punctures and stuff but yeah I mean it was really good to see both Gary and David and um, and some of the the, the through as well, who've known um, the issues on the day, and then the fact that it had taken a bit longer, and actually um, cheers around, and um, yeah, a few other people who I know had left messages at some of the aid stations to give me a kick up the backside to get round as well. What about if you did have to pull out? Let's say one of you got an injury or an illness, would you would you ring the other person or drop them an email just to say I'm not competing at the weekend, or would you just leave them to have the surprise of turning up to see you? And you weren't there. Be honest, I think I'd, I'd, and I have done this in the past. I'd give it every opportunity I could to to actually start and see how I got through the race. Uh, in 2017, four days before the outlaw half at Nottingham, I was diagnosed with a second blood clot in my calf, and I was told not to exercise for a little while. Well, four days is a little while, so I thought, well, I'll give it a try. <laughs> swim, obviously, swim is fine. The bike ride was fine and I got onto the run and I was really, really struggling on the run um, just because it felt like my calf was about to explode for about the first eight miles and then suddenly it just eased off. Um, and then I was happy I could run um, to finish off. But it, it shows that, I don't know, I was listening to the doctor's advice, but I'll, I'll try everything I can to get around. And I think that was probably due to the fact that I'd done them all up until that point. <laughs> That that easing off wasn't your blood clot moving up your leg, was it? Exactly probably was, but I'd taken enough medication, I think, to um, to make sure it didn't get into a dangerous position. What what did you say there, Gary? I said that was the, that was my thought as well. And it disappeared, and just floating up the body somewhere. Yeah. What what about you, Gary? Would you uh, would you tell Graham if uh, if there was a reason that you couldn't compete? Do you think? Well, I, I think just just the same as Graham, I would I would wait until the last possible minute. So again, Holcomb this year, I honest certainly on the Wednesday of that week, I didn't know that I'd be able to do the swim. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started that morning with the intention of going really slow, which I did on the swim. Um, 
But, you know, I don't know if I saw Graham, I think I saw David that morning and I told him how I felt. Do you know what I mean? So I think we'd I think we'd be honest with each other, but I don't yeah. think we would notify each other days and weeks in advance. Because we'd mm-hmm. say we're the sort of guys that will just wait until the last possible minute to make that decision. So but that's so that it's different if you it's different if you've got a broken arm or a broken leg or something like that, then mm. you know what you definitely know you're not going to race. But otherwise, if it's just general illness and sickness and things, you'll do what you can. Um, because you're down on us, it's not as if you lose now if you turn up and give it a give it a try. So why not? But it, going back to what we're talking about, um, about the motivation of the streak, it feels like if it if it was just any other race and you were feeling rubbish on a Wednesday and you'd had, you know, a chest problem or something, uh, you might not make as much effort to get there as if as it would as you would do for the outlaw or, or, you know, am I wrong there? Totally wrong. I, I, no, I think you're right on that one, Simon. That, that, that Tuesday, Wednesday, I was seriously doubting I would get there for the Sunday. But, you know, I was on antibiotics. I think I had uh, some steroids early on in the week as well. Um, and again, I know with experience, you know, one day, two day, four days later, things will change. Um, mm. And again, Listening to the body, my intention that day was to go slow. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I got on the bike and got that, and then decided yeah. to smash it. But that's the way it goes. <laughs> Don't follow this advice at home, children. <laughs> uh, well, thinking about all of the races you've ever done at Outlaw, which has been um, what's been your worst moment? Uh, you've you've covered a few, but uh, is there anything else that sticks in your memory as being your worst moment, either because of the because of the day? Like I know there was a lot of disappointment around the uh, the year when they cancelled the bike uh, for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, what what about you two? Was it was it physical or mental or just something else going on? Um, for me, the, the hardest year was probably the 2013 race. Um, just like I said, I don't do one heat anywhere, and it was so hot that year. Mm. Um, that the run course that year was t- started with two laps of the lake before you then went out on the out and back um, a couple of times. And um, I'd ended up, I mean, it was by far my slowest um, full time, certainly to that point. Um, and I ended up, when you get on the other side of the river, you do the footbridge over to the other side, I ended up taking my trainers off uh, and walking on the grass for that that section um, and having the, the guy who comes on his uh, mountain bikings and checks on people who were towards the back end of the the time just asking if I was all right yeah but my feet were throbbing I would just felt rubbish the heat had really really affected me I also had my wife um run around with two kids at that point um basically the message was if you don't get a move on we'll get the divorce um because she just had enough she she was threaders as well because it was just a, such a hot day to try and run around after the kids and and that was yeah, that was probably the toughest race uh, for me, just because I wanted to do well, but I w- it was impacted by the heat. So I just, I really, really struggled. The advantage of finishing, although I was getting grief um, from Michelle, was a few minutes, few months later, Helen got in touch and said, "Look, you're one of the six or seven that have done all the fulls. Are you coming back next year for the fifth anniversary?" I said, "There you go. Look, see, there was an advantage of finishing it." Um, <laughs> although she wasn't right impressed. What about you, Gary? What what was your worst moment in outlaw life? I think probably for me was 2018, which was was quite strange in a way because it was that was the torrential rain. We had a really bad. Um, I mean, it was it was um, 
uh, almost dangerous conditions out on the bike. But being a strong cyclist, it, it actually played to my advantage and uh, came off the bike feeling quite good. Uh, I was leading the age group then by quite a long way, but that put a load of pressure on, and I hated that run. I just sent so, so difficult. And then I lost the motivation. I was just praying that second place would overtake me, and then I could just walk totally. And uh, I was just coming up to do the final two laps of the lake, and my wife was there, uh, and she was looking at the app just to see what was happening. And the person who was catching up, I mean, I didn't know any of this, but the person who was catching up with me had dropped out. And then the, the, the next person was like 20 minutes behind me and I've got two laps of the lake to run. And her motivational speech to me was, don't you dare walk. Um, and I, at that moment in time, I just willed, just to, just to try and run, it was horrible. Um, and but I managed it. And I say, and then, uh, although it was a slower time than the year before, um, yeah, I actually won the age group. Mm. But hated that run. Hated it with vengeance. All right. Well, let's let's talk about your best. Actually, let's talk about the funniest memory you have. Oof, funniest one. Mm. I think probably the same one to a certain degree, uh, because that does that. Uh, ever since then, people who uh, have been out there know me know that story and they'll shout very often shout to me don't you dick him walk so uh, um and then the other ones i think are post race and pre-race whereby it's uh, things that happened in the transition beforehand with people such as graham and, and david and uh usually when we meet up and have a laugh hmm. it was probably the 2019 race uh, where the bike was cancelled so we got in started the swim and then the heavens opened um, I'd hardly, tra- I'd trained even less that year than this year uh, for the bike. So to get out the water in a, for me, a pretty decent time, probably as good as I could ever hope for, um, to then be told, oh, by the way, the bike's cancelled. It was just up and down of brilliant. I'm so, <laughs> so grateful. What, what do you mean it's been cancelled? And I just flicked between the two for about th- two or three minutes. And you could see people were, were, really upset and angry about it and i was like this is brilliant crap this is brilliant crap and then right come back in an hour and a half and we'll set you off for the run and surprisingly enough i got my best ever marathon time at the at the outlawful because i hadn't had to do the bike in between so and everybody was happy because the day finished at like early afternoon rather than getting well when it's getting dark um so yeah that it was that up and down of emotions from disappointment to elation that the bike had been cancelled um, so yeah, um, other people were really upset. I was on the whole pretty pleased. Um, so yeah, that was quite. I mean, there's a lot of events to go back through, isn't there? And I, you know, I've been at a lot. As I say, I, I don't think I think I've been at the same amount as Dave Manning. Oh, um, I've definitely not done all of them like you two have. But um, I hadn't figured that it was way back in 2013 when it was super hot. I do recall the day when they were telling us on the radio we're, we're registering 40 degrees up here on the tarmac at that far end of the lake and it was we were sweating at the finish line because there's absolutely no cover there you know when it's raining you're exposed to driving rain and everybody gets soaked but when it's hot you know there's no cover either and you're just exposed to the sun all day um i can remember the you know i can remember those two raining years but but a lot of them just they just all meld into one don't they yeah, there's there's quite a few that do melt, um, merge into one. Like you said, 2013 is hot. I think 2015 
and 18 were very wet races and 2019 obviously the bike was cancelled i'm like gary i i quite like i like i don't like wind on the bike because it's it's so much harder this year by the time i was finishing the bike it, the wind was just ridiculous um but i quite like it when it's raining because it keeps me cool um so those those wet years i've actually really enjoyed um whereas obviously lots of people don't um but yeah, it is funny. The ones that stand out are the years that are known by, usually by the weather, mm. um, for, certainly for me anyway. Mm. Um, out of all of the events then and the venues, which which is your favourite one to go to and for what reason? It's a good question. I mean, again, for me, I, I like the Outlaw and Outlaw Half at Nottingham for the, for the sheer speed that you can go out on the bike and and a nice flat run. Um, but you've got the stunning venues at Holcomb and X, now at Bow Wood. And it's it's hard to to choose, you know, which one because they've all got uh, different things that make them um you know more more exciting than the others. So mm. I, I don't think, for me I, I I couldn't choose one, if you see what I mean. Any any yeah, idea for you? The Nottingham, the Nottingham races for me because I tend to be there with family as well. Um I do like the fact that even at the the other races, because we camp at uh, Nottingham across the road, um, but on the other races they have the purpose-built campsites as well. So you're usually about a five-minute walk away from transition, um, if if that in some cases, um, which just makes for me the logistics so much easier. I don't have to get up as early, don't have to travel to the car park, all that type of hassle that I just um, I, I can't be bothered with. To be honest, I quite like falling out my tanks straight down into transition. Um, but yeah, the, the Nottingham race is probably because they're the first ones, they tend to be, the half tends to be a bit faster um, and there's family there as well. Well, do you know what? It's been great to catch up with you both. You've 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 brought back some memories for me because as I said, you know, you go to the mall and you sort of, you're trying to call everybody across the line. You're trying to pick out certain things. You, you miss out on some of the other things and they've all sort of, in my memory, they've all, merged into one and then somebody will say to me go about oh don't you remember this one and yeah remember that happening there um so thank you for being here it's been great uh, as we say when you come across the line you are an outlaw gary gocher and graham yeah so um thank you very much for being here i hope we continue to see both of you at um events way into the future and we do get the pleasure of calling you both last men standing thanks for having us thank you very much for your time Simon. You're most welcome. Take care, guys. See you soon. Cheers, guys. See you later. Fantastic stuff. And thank you again to Gary and Graham for being guests on this week's High Performance Human podcast. As usual, there are links to all of today's discussion topics in the show notes below. To make sure that you don't miss any episode in the future, please go to iTunes, search for High Performance Human Triathlon Podcast and hit the subscribe button. Oh, And don't forget to look out for that link in the show notes so that you can download your free mobility program. That's all for now. Have a great week and I will see you on the next episode.